On this episode of Real Estate Insiders Unfiltered, we talked about the portal wars. We talked about Redfin's financial issues. We talked about artificial intelligence and the human connection part of all of that. Going to be a great show. Tune in. You talk about it privately. We talk about it publicly. This is the Real Estate Insiders Unfiltered Podcast. Welcome again to the Real Estate Insiders Unfiltered Podcast. I'm your host, James Dwiggins, along with my co-host, Crazy Uncle Keith, aka Keith Robinson. Going to reverse that from now on. It's going to be my thing. <laughs> okay. Yes, sir. What's up? Tell us about John Berkowitz, yes, our guest. Man, we had a great conversation that was far-ranging as they usually are. Uh, we talked about uh, the, the, the power of being a gangster and a scholar. We talked about his uh, most unique answer to favorite superhero. We talked about Victoria's Secrets and the Hell Zone. <laughs> we talked about <laughs> a dangerous opportunity, the Portal Wars, the boom. We is went coming. deep on Redfin, by the we way. Went that was deep on Redfin. Yep. yep. And yep. Uh, the real estate boom is coming and how to prepare for it. <clears throat> Great conversation, far reaching and thoughtful. One of my favorites that we've had lately. Absolutely. John, welcome to the show. We are super excited to have you. Our listeners and viewers know that Keith and I were obviously telling jokes based upon Keith's red dome going on right now of laughter. It, it so was funny. It was funny. There's always jokes before the show. John's mm. been a well, while. I haven't seen you since, I don't know, some some show we ran into as usual. It's been a few months at least. So In, in Min probably. Probably Inman. That's that's yeah. probably accurate. So, um, you know, we've known each other for a while. Thanks for being on the episode. Let's start with just a quick background on who is John and how did you get where you are? A little bit about your background, obviously, with Ojo and Movado, and and then even you know, I know you were uh, you were at Yodel, and that's kind of where you got your big start. So, yeah, we'll start there. Cool. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm a New Haven, Connecticut boy, born and raised, uh, grew up a son of a, a small business owner, owned a commercial construction company, and therefore entrepreneurship was built into the DNA, for better or worse. Do you guys know that from the very, from the <laughs> yeah. very early it's days? It's a curse. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. it's a curse. Yeah, sometimes it's great. Sometimes it sucks. Um, <laughs> but uh, I uh, graduated college in 2005. At the end of college, applied for a job to um, sell advertising. The person very thoughtfully told me I should never be in sales. And I should go <laughs> and the next did they, day, did they say what you should be in? No, give you, no, no, just no, not just, this. Huh? It was pretty brutal. I mean, it was the only Watch. interview I've ever done, and I definitely didn't do good, but they also <laughs> had a lot uh, they could have done different. But they basically were like, no, you suck. Um, I think about this all the time because this company is a company called JC Deco. They do all the advertising in the airport. So every time I travel, I'm reminded. Oh, oh you're reminded of it. Should an that's, like, that's like breaking up with a supermodel. Like you're yeah. just going to see them everywhere. That's terrible. Well, you know, uh, it all I worked out, went out and found, uh, you know, the, uh, the alternative by starting basically the next day, a company that, that went and did what they did better. Um, nice. so we See. started Yodel. The idea was to help small businesses have an unfair advantage online. At that time in 2005, all the people that were on the internet were the big businesses, not the small businesses. Sure. So joined up with a couple of buddies, chased that thesis for 10 years, built it to 1,500 employees, and 
then eventually sold it for $350 million to uh, web.com. Good for you. Congrats. Yeah, it was good. Love um, that. Like the journey, I mean, you know, it sounds cliche, but legitimately, like, the fun part and the awesome part was building a, a valuable business with a bunch of smart people over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, I realized that I wasn't done and wanted to go build something more significant, something bigger, higher impact, take some of the mistakes we made in the in the Yodel days, do them differently. And so when I knew we were selling Yodel, I went and started working on Ojo um, with, uh, with a guy that I actually met on my Yodel journey. And that, that origin story was, you know, like all real estate, uh, companies started, (laughs) had nothing to do with real estate, had to do with, uh, consumer decision-making at scale AI before the second to last AI hype waves, um, three AI hype waves, AI winters. It takes a while for it to catch on and become a slogan. So yeah. Um, and uh, and then we kind of meandered uh, on this path uh, into real estate. The idea of getting into real estate really came from we were trying to help people make decisions at scale. And we needed a specific, important decision to kind of prove our thesis around. And, and we looked at a bunch of different options. We met Chris Heller, who was the CEO at Keller Williams at the time and told him what we wanted to do with technology and consumers. And, and he was the first to really see that kind of bridge between the consumer pain point and the agent pain point and how it could be solved. Um, and but now he works at Ojo. So he's our president and a yeah. partner and it's a good get. Yeah. Smart guy. He's, Smart yeah. guy. Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Well, let's we'll dive into Ojo and and go into uh, your acquisition of Movado and other yeah. stuff too. But we like to do our rapid fire questions okay. and yes. ask some fun things just to let the viewers and listeners get to know you. So, Keith, start us out. Okay. On the first one, John. Yes. If you were to be a superhero, who would it be <laughs> and why? Um, <laughs> cheesy enough, I I ask like. Uh, all interview questions about what's your superpower and then what's yes. your tonight. Um, I this is going to be controversial, but if we call Nick Fury a superhero, hell yeah, he's a superhero. Nick Fury, hell yeah, he's a superhero. Like you know, my superpower legitimately is finding superheroes and. <laughs> um, we just talked. It's a good about one. Yeah. That's a good one. That's that original too. One. No one's actually said him, so yeah. I am. Yeah. I am impressed. I'm impressed. He's also reminds me of that superhero that gets a gun. My son reminded me the other day. Uh, reminded uh, my wife the other day. Uh, so you know, there's that. That's and, that. Okay. And I think you could pull off a patch. So yeah. the <laughs> eye patch. I think you could. Yeah. yeah. You got a little pirate in you. You can pull it off. I like it. I like it. Uh, all right. That's I'll take the next answer. one. Uh, yep. Favorite book or podcast this year and why? Well, I haven't listened to this one yet. This will set the record. Okay. Uh, there was a really impactful book. Um, it was it was a lot to get through, but it's called The Good Life. Hmm. Um, it's the it's the. longest longitudinal study on human happiness ever done Mm. out of Harvard. And it basically studies what makes all types of humans happy. Interesting. And it, it had like a pretty profound impact on my life. And I thought it was a good 
crazy data driven mm-hmm. book on happiness. Seminar, and you like right? it because of the sort of analytical side of it just yeah it just kind of resonated with you yeah. like most of the things i knew but the amount of data that it beat me over the head with to actually change my mind was was valuable that's nice. pretty cool i'm gonna have to put that on my reading list so yeah I will. Uh, all right can you take us home and then we'll dive in so last one if you could have lunch with one person current or historical who would it be and why oh man you guys got me in like cheesy mode this morning but Good. i'm gonna go with my dad my dad yeah. was a pretty important guy in my life. I haven't been with him in 11 years since he passed away. And uh, you give me one lunch with one human, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to try to. It's a good one. It's not yeah, cheesy. It, that's like, it, I don't know. That, that's, fact, that's exactly how a, it should be. I'm going to yeah. ask a follow up to that. Is there mm-hmm. one guiding principle? I'm sure there are many, but that stands out maybe professionally or personally that you learned either by observation or by instruction from your dad. You're just a purveyor of truth. Like he was, mm. he was so, there wasn't this like moral principle. He generally was a good human that believed in truth. And so he couldn't mm. pin him down. Like he was a tough guy. He was a nerdy guy. Like he was somewhere <laughs> across between like a gangster and a scholar. And <laughs> the only like thread in all of the places you could see him and try to pin him down was just you knew the truth was was exuding from them. Yeah. Hey, you know I, what? I, I we hope, need more of that. Yeah, I <laughs> hope my kids someday describe me as a gangster and a scholar because that's that's high praise, man. That's solid. That's great. That is it's awesome. actually, and we need more of that in this country yeah, because the truth sure. doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. So. No. It's All right, good. man. So let's let's dive in. So you got into this journey with um, with Ojo, and I, I if I'm, tell me if I'm off here, but I remember yeah. you guys were doing some pretty pioneering stuff with. So it was a, a group overseas. You had a, a yeah. second division. It was somewhere in a, in a very beautiful yeah. island place that I think most of us wanted to live permanently. This is the Caribbean, uh, right? Yeah, Saint yeah. Lucia, Saint Lucia, Saint Lucia. Incredible, That's incredible right. Island in the Caribbean. So you got into this this sort of the lead gen space. I'm simplifying here, but I yeah. want to hear more about that and just like you know, you guys were pioneers in this, and you've done a lot of movement in that space. So tell us a little bit about that and, and sort of what the vision was, and then I'm sure we'll have a lot of questions. So the, the origin story was we generally it's ironic now on what the business has evolved to, but what I would have told <laughs> you in 2016 is the world doesn't need another Zillow, and mm. they don't need another Nextone. Like what mm-hmm. they what they need is the bridge between those two because because mm-hmm. they're looking at it and saying and this wasn't unique to real estate but big purchases consumers would spend a lot of time researching it themselves and then <clears throat> eventually often too late would say I need the help of a professional to help mm-hmm. me navigate this decision. And the, and the disconnect between all the decisions and learnings they made online and the right connection of the right professional at the right time was pretty broken. Um, mm-hmm. In retail, the concept is called the hell zone. You walk into the clothing store, salesperson says, may I help you? You hate it. The salesperson hates it. And you say no. In Macy's, that's like 30 seconds. And you say right. <laughs> like actually, no, I'm not just looking. Like I'd never go to Macy's just to look. I'm looking for right. the and but Macy's um that person's gone and now you just feel like a dumbass. Uh <laughs> and you like, gotta do the awkward thing where you don't want to chase them down. Yeah, but well, you kinda I'm, I'm gotta chase them down. This. Yeah, this is why I'm I made the whole too. business off of it. But uh <laughs> the ones that are genius, by the way, Victoria's mm. Secrets. You How do you know? 
be, be, well, because I have a wife, but uh, 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 and, and, and you should reflect on that this holiday season. Yeah. Merry Christmas, brother. That's a good By the one. way, John does not own stock in that yeah. company, by the way. So, uh, No, but they've really figured it out. You'll uh, notice you're never approached before you get around that first table in Victoria's Secrets because they know guys are just going to be like, no, they're just looking, but they engage you once you're, once you're trapped. That concept applies to everything. Mm. Uh, and in real estate, it's a year, two years, three years before you're willing to talk to an agent that can actually help you. Right. Our goal was to create that bridge and say, you need more help than, than what's happening on the real estate portal. Um, and less, help then you're going to get in a one-on-one -on -one conversation that you're comfortable engaging in. And so we wanted to create technology to answer questions, personalize people's decision-making and bridge those two. Um, and yes, yeah, so we got some patents in how to train algorithms because the problem in 2016 was nobody, us, Google, anybody with no matter how many data scientists you have could make the algorithms consistent enough to just engage in a flow. And so what we built is an algorithm that can engage you. And when it failed, rather than that being like, oh, I don't understand, we would kick it back to a human who in the loop would just assist the machine. So the machine would say, I don't know what this means. A human, and we needed lots of them, would, uh, would train would the machine. In. And then the consumer didn't have a bad experience. We had patents on that. We built huge operations for it. Um, well, that's I, fascinating. So yeah. I, I guess my one of the questions it's leading me to is, is that I'm assuming that technology now is so much more advanced that it's the human interaction part. I mean, it's essentially what AI is trying to replace is the yeah. human part. I mean, are we getting close to that? Are we there? Are we the like technology? If we had built our entire business on the we're going to solve that problem, Luckily, we were smart enough not to do that. We would have gone out of business because now what both Bard and and um, OpenAI have done is rendered most of that real time training completely unnecessary. Mm -hmm. um, the conversation holds now. It's just around like what's your comfort level with the risk of that conversation deviating from things you're confident in, confident in. Um, we actually found, and I think you're seeing this. Chat is a good recall function, but people don't seem to really want to engage with these machines. Um, right. they, and we, we have 300 people talking to people right now because that's what they what want. They want. And so you just get, I'm that, sorry, it, here we go. No, yeah, go ahead. You go I first. Just, I'm sorry, because I just, this is like, I, Keith and I have had this debate, not debate, conversation a lot. So you're saying that the comfort level of people engaging with a machine is like, nah, I want to talk to a live person. You're yeah. seeing that in your own we, research. Well, and we have patents on, on machines talking to humans that are very defendable and <laughs> were violated and get violated points by very large companies. Uh, and I'm the one that puts 300 people on the front line. We're going to test because we always do this. How behavior is changing? Are people comfortable in certain places talking to the machine? But historically, um, people want want the human. And is uh, that? Do you, let me ask a follow up on that. Is that because of? Is that because the chat hasn't gotten good enough? The or chat's is that pretty good. the chat's pretty good now? We'll see. Pretty good now. We can. 
I can fake it with you now. The technology's there that I can call you as James and most likely in like a five minute conversation, it'll hold trick you. Um, and so then like, you're just, you're looking at how much does that, how much do I trust that it's going to stay dynamic in the way that I want it in those guardrails. And it probably becomes six of one, half a dozen of the other. I think there's this issue of, are you comfortable faking it? Right. Mm. Um, and standing by that at some point that just might be status quo right now. It's not. So I think there's risk in not owning that you are a technology. And then do I mean, clearly articulating that to the human being that's trying to buy or sell or at the the end of the process. Do you think it's also from the standpoint of this is such an infrequent transaction that people are just like, because I have this conversation a lot with, with, people that are doing lots of stuff around AI and they're like, we're going to remove, they say this and I, I'm still not sold on it. Not because I'm in the industry, but just, I'm just not sold on it. They're like, we're going to remove the agent in 10 years. And I'm like, I, I just don't buy that because I, I don't, it, it, a consumer does a purchase maybe two to three times in their life and they own the house eight to 13 years is the latest number that I saw before they resell. It's so infrequent. It's so complicated, not getting easier. The paperwork is not getting smaller that I'm like, I don't know if I'm okay with doing all of this on a computer screen without some type of person that's like, I want to talk to a live human being saying, is this shit correct? Like, (laughs) is this, is this bot or AI thing actually is, is this the right way to write this offer? Like, am I, Am I overthinking it? Like, no, what's your take? Because you, you're in this. There's so certain, There's certain parts that will just be automated because you don't okay. need the human expertise. And trust is the single biggest thing that drives this industry. The lack of it or the mm. presence of it is mm. the single biggest force in the industry. And that is with agents and that's with consumers. And, and that's what you're getting at is I just don't know if I trust this machine. Like, you do trust spell check, which is just a machine sure. saying this doc looks good. So I, yeah, I very AI much on contracts, <laughs> you're going to trust it. But right. the judgment on like timing, like you're probably depending on your personality. Some people are just going to say like, if the data is there and I have the supporting data, I trust it. Others are going to, are going to want a human, um, even in the most simple purchases, shoes, fully automated, mm. fully digital. People still get human support, right? wife, husband, kid, friend, they yeah. get the social buy-in. Mm. Bigger the purchase, the more you're going to want more, I think, supporting evidence of good decision-making, which a professional is going to serve uh, that. I mean, I think, about, think yeah. about financial advisors. Yeah. Most yeah. of that is automated. Uh, right. But Most, yeah, you, still yeah. have, you still have an expert that's basically... I do. Sitting over I still have a guy algorithms yeah. and and making decisions and judgment amongst those algorithms. That's yeah. what I think the housing market looks like. Yeah. Can I, can yeah. I give you a, a use case example that I use? Mm-hmm. And this is how I think it will break down, but I'd love for you to disagree with me because that's what makes podcasts interesting. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but if you agree with me, then I sound super smart. So <laughs> um, I think it, like you mentioned, it's very easy to get a bot an AI bot that could clearly explain and articulate the residential purchase agreement for every state in the United States, right? Yes. What does this word mean? And right, that part's really easy. What's hard is 
and, and, and AI can help you even with an AVM or what they think it will sell for, but picking the number that you're going to put for the yeah. offer price, that's yeah. where the human comes in. Cause yeah. we've spent more time around campfires than we have around computer screens, evolutionary speaking, and we're used to relying on the tribe. Yeah. And so I need to look in the eyes of another human being and have them help me sort through the offer price contract, easy offer price, yeah. hard. I need a human. I agree. Um, here's how I think it rolls out. Yeah. I'll deploy uh, a recommendation algorithm for price negotiation. This is a good idea. We have data scientists. We have the data. Sure. We can do that. That's like a smart thing in the spirit sure. of what we do as a business to help agents. I think 70% of agents, my tool is going to be better than those people. Like that's going to be the reality. It's going to be more data driven. Mm -hmm. It'll be harder. I'll have enough N of experience. And then the the super agents are going to just run the one that knows the area that literally lives and breathes yeah. in the area know, understands versus, you know woman versus machine situation yeah. but that that is where this is going in my opinion where you have <clears throat> more experienced agents <clears throat> with a broader breadth of service and value doing more transactions because so much has been automated away <clears throat> and then the <clears throat> the million agents we always talk about that are kind of tourists in the industry, eventually they won't come back. That That's my, if I'm going to be controversial, and maybe sure. it's not controversial. I, you're not being controversial. That's, what, that's, we what, said, I, that's what I think happens. We've said is, similar things. Yeah. That's well, yeah, they're either going to level up or level out. Right? Level yeah. out. Yeah. 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 Well, that's a good, let's put a pin in that one. Cause I think that's mm -hmm. a good ending point on that discussion. You mentioned that your original business, you, you shifted, um, yeah. at least from the original concept where I guess a couple questions around that. Like yeah. when did you know you needed to pivot? Um, and then how, I just love to know like the thought process on that. It's like, yeah. okay, we've, you have all these patents on AI, yeah. you're now back to human beings. Um, yeah. with a combination, but you're, you know, you're relying on the human part. What was that? When did you realize that pivot needed to occur? Why? And then how, how did you reshift the culture of your business in a slightly different direction or a big direction? There's a little bit of founder spin in how I'm going to say this. I know that like I can feel it, but I'm still going to say it, which is uh, yeah, I, I, feel I like use the word pivot and mm -hmm. I, and I legitimately don't feel like we have like it is okay. i think the superpower of this company has been pragmatic and egoless decision making at mm. every step of the way i mean we were okay. we our investors in the series a were like oh these guys are ai geniuses and i was like cool i'm gonna go hire 300 people in saint lucia and then you know we're the ai guys <laughs> and i'm like no we're gonna go partner with the biggest group of working professionals in the industry keller williams right mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. we've just mm -hmm. been really like it doesn't matter how you solve the problem just mm -hmm. solve it and so you build things you buy things you partner <clears throat> And, and I, and the way that I, I said, the world doesn't need another Zillow and it doesn't need another next home or Keller Williams. And I kind of stayed in the middle and then I was like, crap, a lot of the way that these portals engage and learn about consumers and then hand them off is in the line. So I need to control that. And then I'm like, well, some of the logic of what consumer meets what agent and how, what supporting technology goes through. So I need to control that. So we kind of just gone middle out. Throughout Got it. The whole business. Um, saying so it's not really pivot, it's expansion. Yeah. I think that's right. And yeah. it's it's a commitment to the ideal 
right? Commitment to the end goal because it's never a straight line in business anyway. That's right. So there's probably someone listening to this right now because I don't know if you've heard, but residential real estate has been less fun the last 24 months. Yeah. Um, who is thinking that they need to pivot or uh, need to tweak or change how they're... Can you talk about that? Pro- yeah. You touched on it a little, but can you unpack a little more deeply that process of identifying... Uh, if we don't want to use the word pivot, when we're going no. to widen the aperture for thought or or how we would approach it. Yeah, I think, look, generally, um, we have done a good job of a business figuring out what problems we're trying to solve mm-hmm. and then breaking them down to understand the problem and then just going and solving them. I think what you're alluding to is something that we, ha- we have been, um, there are, unfortunately, several things that this company has faced that have nearly put us out of business since the mm. beginning, right? Like we we were going to take money from a very large real estate brokerage as a fundraise. And a week before that um, round closed, the CEO of that company left the company. A week later, the second person that was going to lead the round stepped up to fill in and we're like, we're all good. And then they were fired by Blackstone, uh, that has never happened in the ever. two CEOs. <laughs> two like, CEOs nobody, in two weeks. <laughs> Nobody's ever matched it. One, sure. We have had those pandemics, mm-hmm. things throughout the years. Um, and what we've learned is that we are actually better when those things happen. So much now that it is baked into the culture of the company. Every single sink all hands company sync for the last several years, we have been beating into the culture, this concept of dangerous opportunity, which is the direct uh, Chinese translation of the word crisis. Um, We have on one slide, we showed every single sync, the the Chinese characters for the word crisis translated dangerous opportunity and a picture of an F1 car uh, and the quote that you can't pass 15 cars when the uh, when the sun is shining, but you can in the rain. Um, I have been saying since the <laughs> beginning of the one. company that the single biggest threat to this company would be forever boom times. Now, mm. candidly, I <laughs> thought in 2015 that we were going to have a market crash. So I've been really wrong. And so some of that was like, oh, it's going to crash. So that'll be good for us. But I but I do believe tough times is when entrepreneurs actually get their foot rise. Mm, If money is free and nobody has to work zero shot for us newbies and entrepreneurs that are outmatched in resources, inventing new things that actually change the world and gaining market share. But when things are falling apart, that's the opportunity. And so I think it's just finding that Mm. opportunity. Now I, Danger is a part of that, of that <laughs> is part um, of the translation. I, yeah. I do remind people that the, <laughs> uh, the, the F1 driver Senna, the Brazilian F1 driver, that's quote, um, I just referenced did die in a car crash. <laughs> I was about to say um, I follow F1. So I knew uh, the reference. He died, he died. now. I will yeah. say Zillow should be paying attention to how he died. Not mm. me. Cause he mm. didn't die passing 15 cars. He died as the lead car, uh, which he eventually got to. But the concept in F1 makes a ton of sense because you don't stand a shot if the car ahead of you is better driver with better better technology and you're in the back. It's just impossible. You're going to stay there. Yeah. Until, yeah. until it's raining and then all bets are off. It all is raining. Off, yeah. 
it is raining in this industry. Yeah. <laughs> we should probably cancel the race. I don't understand what you not. mean right now. Yeah, <laughs> we should probably cancel the race. It's That's bad. Funny. Um, the the language we is 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 I think key, key to depression. Yeah, yeah. The the language that we use for it internally is uh, you know leadership matters in times like this way more. Right. Oh. It it kind of doesn't when when deals are just falling from the sky and so is money and. You know, yeah. you can, you don't have to be good to be successful, but talent matters in this environment. That's what on. do you, um, so let's talk about that for a second. Cause I yeah. think the, the reference is good. So it's, it's raining yeah. right now. Uh, and, uh, you know, we've got homes.com coming into the space. Um, Keith and I joked on the last pod that we did that, uh, Andy bought the entire NER conference floor for that his thing booth. Was huge. It was, <laughs> like, it was, it what was the hell is this? I think it had like a bowling wow. alley and racquetball courts. It, it was, was like crazy. He freaking, they had the Goo Goo Dolls for their concert. I like it. I love it. By um, the way, that's one thing. Like when you're going to go throw reckless amounts of money, you should get good goo -goo high quality, like fame musicians talent as part of it because that's a good use of capital like gives you yourself an experience and others so yeah. that's one <laughs> reckless use of capital that i'm supportive of i am be honest i was invited to go to that party and i wasn't there because i had other things going on but had i known the goo goo dolls were playing i would have changed my flight and come down to see them so yeah um so I guess, I mean, like you just kind of mentioned that obviously Zillow's sort of at the, he, they're the, they're the max of uh, F1 right now. So, yeah. you know, what is your take on this? And I, I want to lead this in two ways, not just yeah. that, but I really want to dig in on, there's a lot of players in the space and obviously, you know, you also own a top 10 real yeah. estate portal as well. So I'm just yeah. curious your take on the whole <laughs> All of this stuff right now. Clash of yeah. the, the portal, clash of the titans. Portal, portal, yeah. portal, war, portal yeah. wars, twenty twenty three. Yeah, um, it's really, it's really, it's really interesting. Um, look, um, there is is unprecedented level of competition um, for really. It's Redfin, Homes, Mavoto, Zillow. Um, are the ones vying for for market share. Everybody has a little bit of a different angle. I think luckily for a couple players, this is America <clears throat> and consumers want choice. Um, but there's a lot of noise and the competition candidly is not good for anybody. So at some mm. point it has to resolve because more competition just means it's more expensive and more confusing for consumers mm. and significantly more expensive for for agents right. um that is and so i think that will actually reconcile over time it's not a good thing what's happening right now unless significant innovation comes out of it um but it's it is interesting i mean look you have this huge company that has not served uh residential consumer real estate before um coming in and deploying a the biggest war chest we've seen to try to unseat Zillow. Um, and they're doing it. And I mean, Andy is just ruthless and is a <laughs> entrepreneur. Uh, I think it's amazing and inspiring. The guy's like just using full control of his platform and a lot of his attention to go after number one. Um, yeah. I you think he'll do it? No. 
<laughs> I do not. But I don't, I'm not actually sure he thinks he needs to as well. Um, I look when, when it comes to like my, my opinions on, on homes, like one, I don't bet on things that I don't fully understand and I do not understand their strategy and I don't, I don't know. Andy. Um, uh, but I think that, um, there's two forces, two of the most powerful forces in our economy are the, uh, U S consumer Mm-hmm. And especially when it comes to their their real estate desires and the U.S. real estate agent, I think Zillow mastered at the right time the U.S. consumer leveraged the hell out of it to build a company. I think there's things they've done that have that have lost that traction, but they got that right. They totally got wrong the agent, and they are and they are paying for that dearly and have been for years by underestimating the power of the agent. I think Holmes is on the path of doing the exact opposite, which is over-indexing on the agent to fall in love with me and disregard what's important to the consumer. Because to me, the only platform that actually is going to win is the one that gets that marriage right. Mm, yeah, I fundamentally believe consumers need agents and several other service providers to help them. And I know that every one of those providers needs consumers. And so the magic is getting those things to work for both parties. If you over index on either extreme, I think it's at the expense of, of long term success. You know, follow up on that. I was watching a report this morning um, by Mike, Mike, Mike Del Preti is amazing. Yeah. And you know, you mentioned Redfin in there and I've always, and just full disclosure, I've always admired Glenn. I think he's brilliant, just hasn't been able to figure out how to make that thing work. Um, and it's funny to me because there's a, another publicly traded company that always claims they have the best tech. And I'm like, you ain't got shit compared to Redfin. They have some (laughs) of the best tech and have for a long time. Um, It's a very technical term that we use when evaluating technology. But but, but you confirm with the diligence. It's, uh, it's (laughs) agreed. But but you made this comment about, you know, there's focusing on the consumer and focusing on the agent and Redfin has done that sort of the same approach differently on the agent side, but they were, they were trying to control that experience with the agent through, W2, but really did. And I, I would argue still one of the best consumer portals in real estate. I mean, you got to mm-hmm. give them credit. It's a beautiful product that they put together. Um, and But it just, they haven't been able to make it work and they are in a serious cash problem. They're, like, they're, Yeah, it's sad. I mean, there's no doubt. Their, their technology team historically, I don't know what it is today, how many are still there, but over the vast majority of of the end of the kind of last 10 years, they've had the best team just as far as oh, output. Um, just crushed it. Yeah. Uh, that consumer experience is great. I think the, the two, ironically, I think there are three things and, and all of this is cheap seats. Like I read the public <laughs> stuff, you know, I talk to the CEOs, but I don't, you know, I don't fully understand a lot of it, but from the outside, it feels like to me, there's been, there have been two core, um, issues of why they haven't emerged as the category winner. Because usually when you got smart people and the best product, that's a good, <laughs> good. there's been one, their two part strategy was wrong in the past. The, the discount they offered consumers turned out not to matter to consumers. That's interesting, right? And it just didn't matter. 
The yeah. discount didn't matter. It wasn't what mattered. Um, and the employee agent didn't give the level of service that they hoped for. So they basically charged less when the consumer didn't care and then had a higher expense care, higher expense yeah. case when the employee didn't care. And then I just think they were too conservative to change that and scale their business. Hmm. Um, because I don't, I, my guess is Glenn looked at the data a lot and wouldn't disagree with some of the things I just said. And I think an aggressive entrepreneur would, would just make quicker decisions on yeah. that. What's ironic yeah. is they just changed it. I know. Potentially the one time in industry history where those two things could be superpowers. And mm. so that's what hurts my head a little bit is I've never understood <laughs> that. But right now I'm like, you know. Yeah, with everything going on, like with everything going your on, model was better positioned right now than it was. It yeah, I'm with you. I know. Time that you'd mm. want to lean as hard into that. And they just killed both of those things for, from what I can tell. Um, it's it's funny having having met him and listened to him speak multiple times. I always I always admire him because he's he's so brilliant and then so kooky sometimes, and it's yeah. just it's awesome. But like in yeah. in a really eccentric way, <laughs> he's so passionate about what he believes in, though. Yeah, he cares part of me, deeply. He cares deeply, and and you made this comment of like just how they 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 had to be looking at the data but didn't make the shift. It's almost like you wonder if he just got stuck in this belief that like. You know, I'm just gonna. We're gonna. We're gonna. It's gonna. It's gonna work. It's gonna work. Versus making that decision quicker. Because that comment you just made is so valid. They they right. should have been doing what all the rest of us have been doing the past 15 years. Because the consumer didn't care about the discount. Now, the lawsuits, which I don't want to get a lot about talking about today, because we got more important things to discuss. But it's the timing for that of his model is couldn't be better fit. And they're in a, such a problem cap financially. Right. You know, let me. Let I mean, me it's ask also the curse. It's also the curse of publicly traded companies, right? Because yeah. it could legitimately be that Glenn is like, this doesn't make sense, but my investors think it does, and therefore it's really hard to go down that 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 like education walk of saying the reasons you love me are wrong. Right. I'm going to change it. That's just tough. That's the curse of incumbents. But Rich did it. Companies. Yeah, Rich did it. Well, Rich did it by replacing everybody and coming back in. And <laughs> I know, but no, I meant I meant with the pivot on iBuying. Like he yeah. straight up just was like, "This was a bad business." I mean, he didn't say it like that, but it was kind yeah. of you know, we're going to shut down a one point five billion dollars worth of our division. Yeah. So uh, we screwed up. I'll, I'll, so I'm going to ask you both this. So how do you there there is how do you fight that sort of sacred belief, right? Whether you're public, I agree. There's massive. Yeah institutional pressure if you're publicly traded because you're publicly traded and you got to have a quarterly report blah 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 but there's regardless we all have sacred cows or whatever you you know mm -hmm. language you want to use as the placeholder for that how do you fight against that for the people who are listening who maybe like I, I feel this i sense this a lot in the industry right now there's this like tug between go hard and quit <laughs> right. And, you know, it, when I was listening to all of us talk about what it, that experience uh, for Redfin, I feel like agents and owners right now are having a similar experience, yeah. right? Trying to decide between like, is this the time? To, how do you buck against that? Or, or do you have a process for trying to evaluate? No, because right. There's this very strong 
push for just go, you'll just work harder, uh, hustle harder. You'll get, you know, get your unfair share. Right. And then there's this other part where it's like, don't be smart and be like water and figure out where things are flowing and go that direction. How do you balance those two? I mean, look, I think why you're going to see so much innovation, the real estate in general, like the innovation cycle has been the internet basically skipped us. <laughs> and then because of the housing crisis. So yeah. like we have our biggest innovation is a, is a online newspaper of homes that we all have. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then, and then the, then the innovation wave came when there was free money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that didn't mm-hmm. stick. And so we've basically, this is our like early 2000 in this industry. There's not yeah. many other industries that have had this weird, just like mm-hmm. missed two innovation cycles, but why, one big forcing function, like we're going to have, I want you to keep using Movoto. Movoto is going to look different and it's already starting to look different than all the others. Like most of the, the point of this company has been get in the game and be at parity so mm-hmm. that we can do things incrementally. Now you're going to see leaps. Some will work, some will fail. That's because I don't have a choice. And that is what ends up happening. Right now I'm in a, a war mm-hmm. with giants that outgun me 20 to 100x incremental isn't an option anymore. So I'm going to swing and we've gotten some lucky bets or smart bets from the team that have landed and given us big leaps recently, but you're going to see that. And that's, I'm one example. You're going to see a lot of that in this mm. industry. Interesting. Because we don't have a choice. And that is why yeah. all great like innovations have historically come out of very tough times. Because, yeah. Um, but Where I, don't, do you I think- don't have the answer during peacetime, candidly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and, and maybe, you know, I think what we're sort of all saying is maybe it's not even po- okay, it's possible, but improbable, right? Because there, you need that crucible to burn off the impurities of your ideas, right? Yeah. And, and then when that happens, you end up with what really works because you don't have time to play mess around with all the stuff that doesn't. The yeah. person that's done this most significantly in human history at scale is Elon Musk. And it is mm. because he const like he he's gone through every cycle, but yep. he is he makes he lights his world on fire 24-7. So he operates <laughs> regularly. <laughs> what? No way. Constantly. And and the, huh. I think that's one of the key secrets to his success is nothing is ever okay. It's always an emergency. It's mm. always not good enough. Some people can naturally create that themselves that that for themselves. Yeah. Others need like an industry to completely light on fire. Luckily, right now nobody has to choose uh, right. if they're the <laughs> creators or the takers. It's on fire. It's burning. It's interesting though. Elon the whole does. horizon is burning. So. Yeah. If there isn't yeah. a fire, he'll go start one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, every, I, every I'll, we have to get. I want to get these last two questions in, but I will say that I. <laughs> I'm curious is whether this don't, are you going to get a cyber truck before I make the statement? Look, look, I'm in Austin. Some of these people are my friends. <laughs> and I like and so just because truth's important, like, yeah, I'm on the, I'm on the cyber truck wait list. They just offered oh, me God, a, John. Like, model wow. three no one, change a little switcheroo. <laughs> hey, the cyber truck's not coming, but you can have this model three. Oh. Uh, I like to I like to book a, a seat in line when I know I can get a full refund yeah. in yeah. case it ends up. But I wouldn't be the first 
one of my dearest friends is one of the first owners of a cyber truck <laughs> and i'm going to want to know his experience for a year yeah before yeah. i i have one um well i'll make sure we uh we'll take yours out to the shooting range yeah. and see if it's actually yeah. bulletproof i really so. want to shoot one I yeah. want to shoot one. I try well, to we'll, John will bring the truck. I'll bring the guns. So, um, all right. Two last, two last questions. So just kind of a real quick one. Then Keith always finishes this out with a final one, but 36 months from now. Yeah. What do you think the industry looks like? And I'm using 36 months because there's a lot of stuff playing out, obviously in the courts, blah, 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 blah. So where do you think we are in 36 months from Christmas today? I don't, honestly, I think, I, I think the, I think you'll see trends moving towards more consolidation. I think I think the concept of more products and resources together, which I think Zillow's leading the front on mm -hmm. right now. I'm going to bring mortgage in. I'm going to bring software in. That that closed ecosystem I think will be a trend that is accelerated. Um, I think from a commission standpoint, there's going to be more negotiation because consumers are going to be more educated on what has always been around, which is your ability to negotiate. Um, I think m m most of the things people think will change, I don't think change. I mm. think it looks very similar. I think there'll be some new category uh, players, whether that's huge internet companies, um, uh, deciding that they're going to go all in big retailers coming into the space. I think there's going to be more people that come to the, to the rebound Artist. this time. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I do think platform consolidation, it's too fragmented right now. It's just a bunch of point solutions that creates a ton of noise and isn't good for anybody. So mm -hmm. I feel like that's inevitable. I think that'll be interesting. the trend that, that'll, that'll come. I think what's interesting you said out of that was, you know, consolidation, but this industry still looks similar 36 yeah. months from now. So, yeah. all right, Keith, take us home. Sure. Uh, all right. This is one we always end on. If you were an agent or a brokerage, or an owner of a brokerage, what's the one thing you would implement today to prepare your business for the next 12 months? Um, I feel I've, I hate answering these in a way that feels uh, just answer. It's all right. Here's the problem. You can't answer that. Like the, the simple answer is for a new agent, they should be doing significantly different things than a mm -hmm. top agent for like, so Fair. I will, I will, I'll lean into if I am a top agent and I have a business that is, significant um you know call it i've done i'm part of a, a stable team or i mm -hmm. do over 25 transactions a year for the last five years myself so this is you're, this yeah job you're making a living yeah. selling residential real estate i, I would i'm not going to go plug a technology clearly you should check out uh ojo.com or movoto.com we have things we want to bring to you but um i would just be thinking about how do i diversify the set of value I can provide to consumers. That mm -hmm. is data and services because every single situation of housing we've seen like this, where we're at record lows is followed by a massive Boom. comeback in transactions. Mm -hmm. And the winners are going to be people that can scale more and handle more consumers delivering more value. And so yeah. nurture your sphere, <laughs> figure out more products, get educated on the diversity of products, right? Cash buying, things like that. I think those are, 
I would be in the space of finding solutions like that that give me leverage um, to take advantage of that shift. I think that's a great, we'll pin it on that. I think the whole comment you made is a good way to end it positively, by the way, that there is a boom coming. Everybody needs to be prepared. It may not be tomorrow. It might be the end of 2024. Rates come down. Eventually, things are going to go the other way. So, yeah, John, fun. thanks for coming, my friend. That was a really awesome conversation. Uh, awesome. We will have links in our uh, description to Ojo Movado for people to check out. Uh, can't wait to have you back next year and get your predictions again and see what scorecard you got. Yeah. So uh, Keith and I just had those go around. We we're looking at scorecards like, shit, we got a lot of that wrong. Man, I looked at <laughs> so, mine. I was like, golly, I do yeah. not want to write and explain where I went wrong, yeah. but I'm going to. Yeah. Thanks, Anyways, John. Appreciate yeah, it. Happy stuff. holidays. We'll talk thanks to you soon. Everyone. Appreciate you. Yep. See you later. Bye. Listen, we care about you deeply, which is why we never want you to miss an episode of this podcast. Subscribe now. It's just a push of a button.